0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Anchor.com, the AnchorFM.com, the home of the podcast where you can be heard all around the world, from your bedroom, bathroom, living room, any room your heart so desires. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This episode, I want to talk about a special album by um, the artist that I consider the GOAT. And I always hold this artist as the my special GOAT, but this artist is the one that... You know, I always said made me appreciate music, made me learn about music, and flip my whole psychological wind from things about it. Just was incredible, and uh, I'm talking about an album that came behind the follow-up album from the biggest-selling album, and talk about pressure and how things were. The album I'm talking about is Michael Jackson, and it's the Bad album and Michael Jackson had the honor of coming behind after Thriller and the dominance he had and that was it's like how do you come back behind it because you changed the landscape of popper music forever you set incredible standards incredible heights and it's gonna be tough to even fathom that so he came back with a a different style and a setting with the bad album and um the title track was really cool because it featured Jimmy Smith uh, organ on and it was incredible, and again, he worked with Quincy Jones, but this time, you felt like Michael Jackson had it definitely took more to, to charge of the record because nine of the tracks he solo wrote the songs, and they followed the pattern of what Thrillette did, but they had a different edge to them. Um, Bad was more, was going to be more street-oriented, like, I had a more modernized, synthesized, modernized sound, so that song really took a life of its own, and it became an anthem of its own, you know, it's like one of them single songs, and it was just like one of them songs that, you know, the video was so dominant, it was shot by Martin Scorsese, based on True Story, had Wesley Snipes in it, but it was... You know, it was a certain edge that Michael was trying to get. The time had changed. Hip-hop became more popular, and it was more of an edge, and that's what Michael was striving for. That's what he was looking for. But Bad had more of a, you know, had a modernized synthesized tone and feel, but it, it had a, um, it was executed more towards a stadium type of feel. It was It was an interesting cut, and it definitely complimented him, and it. You know, the horns, the whole sound of it really went strong live. And it was it definitely left an impact. The next cut is The Way You Make Me Feel. And um, this one had a jazzy step and tempo to it. A uh, nice strong sway about it. And it, the harmony was tight. And Just one of them songs that, you know, you tip your hat to the side and you just kind of kick your leg out. Had a real interesting rhythm and cadence about it takes you back like 40s 30s 40s 50s had that type of vibe about it and um michael jackson just nailed it i mean the vocals on this track the groove on this track the background vocals it was on point and uh it was a tight cut and it's become a standard the next cut speed demon and this was more on the synthesized pop but the funk groove. It had a had a it was a real interesting groove to it, and Michael's falsetto was on display on this cut. You know, this one really it really had a very distinctive type of vibe about it, and uh, you know you could really appreciate where he was going with this track. Uh, it's one of those kind of tracks that it hey, would have really worked even more strongly had it been done on stage and performance, because it was definitely a performance type of track. But I like the groove of it had a real interesting feel about it. The next cut on this record is Liberian Girl. And again, Swahili, Chance, and, and the track, uh, originally heard was, like, cut during the victory sessions with his brothers. You could tell they had that kind of, uh, couple of, like, couple of songs they did with his brother Randy. And it would have definitely blended real real world to victory album. But it was the vocals, the groove, um... It was a real smooth type of song and I really liked it I thought the harmonies were really cool the next cut just good friends he did this one with Stevie Wonder and I like the hook on it the groove it doesn't quite knock me out but the hook on it and their vocals are really cool you know there was a catchy hook and groove part that I think they're very complimented very well uh, the writers and producers of this particular song the same writers and producers behind Tina Turner's so Love got to do with it so uh, and this one was a uh, like I said Michael and Stevie Wonder I like the way their vocals jive real well on this track so that was really cool the next cut another part of me probably the funkiest song on the record Um, I like the groove and originally the original version was on the Captain EO soundtrack which Michael did a movie for Disneyland Disney World in 1985 with Angelica Houston and the, the original version was even rawer than this one. So, But this version still kicks. It, it has a certain swamp and it's here to change the energy of the world. And You know, this song really grew. And it was one of the best songs that he did live at the concerts too. So, you know, it just still, it really hits hard. The next cut on this is Man in the Mirror, probably arguably the greatest song on the album. And it was written of uh, I see it co writer and um heartfelt emotional under cultural uh, uh singers gospel song. This is where Michael was at his root. I mean, and when he did this at the Grammys in 88, he stole the show, he stole it. This was powerful, potent, spiritual, uplifting, um, incredible. Make that change. It's one of the most honest spiritual enlightened songs you're ever going to hear incredible song really respect it the next cut i just can't stop loving you michael jackson sierra garrett and he had been one other singers to do it but he sierra came along got it and it worked out really well and it and um just one of those songs that you know you you, you listen to and it has a throwback tone and feel to it but it works, it's just very organic and it just really works, the harmonies are really nice and it's just, uh, and there was another version done in Spanish, but just a really nice song, very heartfelt, and you know, like I said, different sides of Michael mic on this record in in it. The next song, Dirty Diana, and some people assume it was written by Diana Ross, or by groupies, backstage groupies, that has a real interesting connotation. Steve Stevens, the guitar player for Bill Idol, is the guitar solos so on this particular track, but this song, uh, Michael Jackson really nails this song, and he shows that he's a real he's a rock singer because he really commands you on this track, and uh, I just like how it all just flows in real nicely. And and this was another side of Michael Jackson. You know, he wrote rewrote the history books about how you make a pop album and the different versatility dynamics you take. So, you know, this song was a big hit, and it was a very moving cut. And it still holds up. The next cut, "Smooth Criminal," with that heartbeat, that synthesizer, that that the way he was singing it, it was like something out of a, of a, a Halloween movie or a you know Stephen King novel. It was very haunting, in a swashbuckling. It had a certain charm to it. Um, you know, again, you got a very, very you got different expressions, very versatile palette of music these songs are like arena rock. These songs would work really all together cohesively live on stage because they have this certain edge to them. You know? And it's like he really did go in a different direction. There's a certain pattern in this Thriller, but it's different. It's got more of an edge to it, and a lot of these songs had a darker tone to them. So I think that um, if he was trying to achieve that, he definitely got it. He got your attention. With the certain songs and the vibe. Smooth Criminal was very heartfelt and it was hard hit One of his class, one of his many classics. The last song on this album is Leave Me Alone. And um You know, with the tabloids and the media and everybody hating. And it's just the way he you know, he took a stance against it and just left to set an expression which would you know, which would be part would be associated with him all the way through to his death. And um you know, when I think about the Bad album, it's, it's, it was tough to come behind Thriller. Tough to come behind all the walls. I mean, those are like incredible albums. But I think that he wrote, he, he was caught in the right particular time where he had the right songs and the vibe that just, you know, he could do no wrong musically and he connected those dots. And again, to really experience his record, you had to check out the Bad Lives State show. And he really threw down on that, so um, you know, Bad is one of those important pop albums, and I will say this again, Michael Jackson's albums were like movies, they were like, must hear, must see, gotta be there, you know, he drew that kind of attention, and, um, you know, that's kind of how I look at it, so, wash your hands, keep your mind clear, watch out for nothing, please feel free to tell me your favorite Michael Jackson albums, songs, live performances, videos, And just because a song or album is old does not mean you can't find something new in it. Because Michael Jackson always had something new revelation that you could find on it. And the Bad album definitely had some gems and inspired quite a few artists. Keep it funky. Keep it on the one. Be safe out there. Be careful out there. And be safe. And if you get a chance, do check out Michael Jackson's Bad album and live performances. And um, just to, you know, express... The depth that you find with the force of his magnitude of his talent because he definitely left the last impression. Until next time, peace and love.